Okay, so I explained the rules to you already. Yep. Are you ready to just jump right in? I'm ready. Okay, I got my list of questions over here. Perfect. What is your midnight snack? I, I, I always start with this question. What is your midnight snack? Midnight snack. Um, are we talking like a perfect world midnight snack or just if in my life today, if I had to have a midnight snack, what would it be? No, no, no. Like, like um, I mean, it's up to you, but but my my idea of the question is you have your choice of anything you could eat at midnight. Okay. What would it be? All right. This is easy. Whiskey and a moonshine and a mason jar. Because you got that. You can take that home with you. No. But I will say, perfect midnight snack would be probably a relatively inexpensive bourbon. Okay. And Swedish fish. Oh, good combo. Mm-hmm. So, you wouldn't think it. And I don't know if it really is a good combo, but it's com- <laughs> it's combining two like things it. that I love. It's your combo. It's my combo. <laughs> Straight whiskey and a sugary tooth rotting Swedish fish. Now Swedish fish. You like the little Swedish fish or the big ones? That's hard for me to say. Um, Swedish fish. I've always had a hard time saying that. I don't care the size as long as they're soft. If I get a bag of like ones that are kind of tough, that sucker's going right in the trash. Oh really? Yep. It's like you don't you don't just like put it in your cheek like a chipmunk and just Dude, hold on to it. I actually when I buy them, there's a pretty extensive series of tests that has to go through before it even enters the shopping cart. See, I did not know I did not know this about your Swedish. I yep. thought you were not picky at all. No, I'm very picky. I, they need to be the right consistency. Uh, when I buy them, uh, I, I do actually like the, just the Target brand Swedish fish. I don't even know what yeah. they're called. But I don't know what they call. I don't think they called like they're probably called like Scandinavian swimmers or something yeah, like that. Yeah, flavored fish. I don't know. But yeah. when I grab the bag, I squeeze them. Oh, and I, and and they've got to be soft. If they're not soft, I take it back. And and I also, this is going to sound weird, but I actually like kind of squeeze the bag like you would like yeah. a water balloon or something. I'm yeah. I'm looking for holes. Oh. There's a hole in that bag. <laughs> Those suckers are going to be tough, <laughs> and they're no going to be disgusting. <laughs> and I don't want that. I had no idea that this all went down. Yep, I've been shopping with you before. You must have done this on the sly or something. Well, yeah. I mean, you can get a pretty good feel for it if you get a if you get a good squeeze. It might only take one squeeze, <laughs> and you'll know it's good. But then sometimes it's questionable, and that's when you have to go through the extra fa- the oh, extra steps. Hilarious. But you squeeze it, and you just know. You know. You know. Mm-hmm. That's why the big bag is really kind of a... You know, you can buy like the five-pound bag yeah. of Swedish fish. That's a toss-up. Because half of them could be good, half could be bad. So if one of your kids leaves it open or something like that, they're grounded. That's garbage. <laughs> they're sleeping outside. All right, so then I know you also like cheap bourbon. I do. Like it's, is it by choice or just because you just want it cheap? Um, I, like, I, I think it's kind of a, a combination of both. I think, I don't think I have a very refined palate to where okay. it's worth my time. Well, not time. I mean, I have lots of time, but it's not worth my, my money to buy a $30, $40 bottle of bourbon. Yeah. I'm sure if I sat a cheap ver, if you gave me a cheap bourbon and a nice bourbon side by side, I'm sure I could taste the difference, and I'm sure I'd prefer the expensive stuff. But on any given night, when I drink, which generally is only on the weekends, right? That's a new rule. Not during the week, not during the week. Although I did drink last night. So I, let's tell tell the listeners what you were drinking last night. So last hopefully night, hopefully they'll hear it and send us a bottle. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> My <laughs> my 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 drink of choice these days is a little a little nugget of of brown goodness called <laughs> Cabin Still. Cabin Still. Yep, it's a orange label. It has a surprisingly enough a cabin on the front of it, uh, and that's about it. I mean, is, it's pretty simple. Is there like a Cabin Fever one that with a white label? I think that I get I think I get mixed up. I've never seen that one, but right. it could be out there. I can there. picture the cabin still one pretty pretty vividly. I think I've had it at your house. Now, here's the thing. My old favorite was something called Old Heaven Hill. You remember that, oh, right? Yeah, You've yeah. tried that. That's good. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, it was... I mean, they, it don't, was they don't sell it anymore. It was whiskey. Yeah. They don't? No, I can't find it at... Well, I go to Big Top Liquors, and I can't find it there anymore, but they got they got cabin still. Sometimes it's on sale for seven ninety nine. Old Heaven you, Hill, if you're listening... Old send, Heaven Hill. Send Jason I need a, some. I'll get you. I'll get your uh, get you his address. Yeah, but Cabin Still normally it's nine ninety nine. 
That's fine. That's a that's a fair price, I think, for a whiskey. Yeah, a bourbon. But it was on sale the other day for seven ninety nine, and my wife Julie went to go get it. I told her to go back and just pick up a box because <laughs> that's a deal. <laughs> get a crate. Yeah, she was afraid I'd drink it all too fast, though. So, no. mm. well, I mean, you did break your rule last night. I did break my. I don't want to call you out on it right now. That's true. But we're going to get real tonight. I kind of had a rough, not a rough week, but some weird things that I had to deal with. That was uh, work, all work related. Oh, okay. No, nothing personal related. Just work. We won't. uh, Nothing bad. Just we don't bring that up. Okay, we'll leave. We'll leave that off the table. We'll we'll take that off, Mike. Okay, sounds good. All right, let's jump to the next one. What book or movie can you read or watch over and over again? Oh, man. Well, I'm not much of a reader, Dave, as you probably know. You've been um, reading lately. I've been reading lately. Um, right now I'm Cranking reading... them out faster than I do. I'm reading Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain. Um, it's actually really good. It's really funny. Um, it's one of those books where he uses a lot of big words that I'm not even really sure I understand, but... I, I find it really entertaining. I know some people think he's kind of an arrogant prick, and I kind of feel that way too sometimes, but um, I think overall the book is really funny. But I don't know if I'd reread it necessarily. I like him as, I like him as a um, like a personality. Yeah. He's on, I've, I've seen him on Top Chef a couple times. Yeah. I think he's an interesting dude. Yeah. I, I mean, think he, he and I wouldn't get along very well, but I like watching it. I don't think we would either. I mean, his mind, his view on things is probably a little skewed from mine personally, but he's, I think he's really funny to listen to. He's very entertaining. I think he's extremely intelligent, oh, yeah, me too. Uh, which makes it uh, interesting to read for me. Not that I'm extremely intelligent, but I find it extremely intelligent to read. He just lived a very sordid life, heroin addict. His adventures and misadventures in the restaurant business, as that book is, this is... Yeah. If this his book starts selling like hotcakes after this, I want to cut. <laughs> yeah, the, our listeners are just running out. All right, so let's the movie. Yeah, I yeah, got or, off track or there. Book. Uh, I wouldn't say book, um, just because I really. I mean, I I, I like reading, but um, boy, the movie would be tough. Um, there's two movies. Can I do two movies? Is that yeah? Is oh yeah. That, is that fine? You're okay. There's two movies. Your spot. That I can watch over and over again. The first one's probably not going to be any surprise to Dave because I always I think, try to pawn I, it off and everybody. I think I know. The Birdcage. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, if you have not watched The Birdcage and you know me, I'm willing to let you borrow it. <laughs> and it is hilarious. I don't know what it is about the movie, but I just, I just think it's super funny. Um, it's not really relatable necessarily for us here in Minnesota, but... I mean, I think it's pretty. I think it's a pretty good movie. I don't really remember it that well. I think I'd have to watch. I mean, you, you forced me to watch it a couple of times yeah. over the years. You need but, to watch it again. I think. Yeah, um, I probably and do. Just soak it in and appreciate it. Gene Hackman dressed in drag. I do remember that. Robin Williams, just phenomenal. Uh, Nathan Lane is really funny. I don't even know who the son is. I don't know if he's really been to much else. Calista yeah. Flockhart, early start for her. Oh, really? She's in that. Oh, yeah. She's the love One interest of the daughters. Of the Oh, is Paul Rudd in it? No. Okay, I'm thinking of something else. Hank Azaria's in it, though. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. And now now here's one that's going to maybe surprise you a little bit, and maybe the listeners, if they know me, Love Actually. Oh, good Christmas rom-com. Although, again, Dave, you're going to know this, I do love rom-coms. And I do love... We share that. Hugh Grant. That's true. And he plays the Prime Minister of Britain in that one, so that's a keeper. (laughs) Believable. Yes. Uh, that's another one that, uh, like I would find that if I was home from work and the Julie was working or the kids were gone or whatever, I could, I could see myself throwing that in. That's just does entertaining. It, does it have to be around Christmas time? Cause it's kind of a Christmas movie. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Any, anytime, anytime. This is one of my favorite ones. Okay. I've gotten some good, honest responses okay. and I expect the same from you. Okay. What TV show are you embarrassed about watching? Oh boy. Um, oh boy. This is a bad, this really is a bad one. And, and I haven't watched it much as of recent. Okay. But it's a little treat. It's on the <laughs> Lifetime channel, which I think says a lot. It's called I know what it is. Double Divas. Oh, man. Uh, it's I think a, you, yeah, I think you told it's me about, about that. these 
I don't know if they're like childhood friends, but they own a lingerie store and they do custom bras, I guess. I don't, it's custom underwears, uh, custom underwears. Yep. It's underwears underwear. Um, (laughs) it's just really funny. I don't know. It's like stupid, funny. And it's it's a reality show, right? It's a reality show. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're actual store owners. I mean, they really own this thing. I think one episode they go to like a nudist colony and try to convince them to buy bras. They need underwear. So, um, some of these, some of the reality shows, you can tell that they're scripted. Yep. Do you think this one is? I think so. Yeah. 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 All right. Ooh, this is, this is a new one. I've never asked anyone this before. Boy, I don't think I've, well, I probably have in passing, but what are your feelings on parallel parking? Uh, I hate it. I don't, I'm not very good at it. Um, I think I, it's, I did. So I, I failed my driver's test the first time uh, when I took it when I was 16. I did pass no, parallel parking. Nothing wrong with that. Yep. Well, you know, I would hope so. Mr. Three times the charm. <laughs> whoa, whoa. You're telling. Hey, Hildo spills yeah. the beans here. <laughs> Hildo He's spills the them. beans. Jason spills the beans. Um, Hildo's crappy at taking parking tests. <laughs> I, uh. I, I don't I don't consider myself a good parker in general. Even like regular lanes, I'm not great at it, which probably isn't good since I drove the truck here tonight, which is big and <laughs> yeah. I would never parallel park that. Um luckily there's like no there's no one on our street no, ever. There's nobody here, parking. so that was yeah, fine. Don't have to worry about um that. but no, I'm I'm not good at parallel parking. Um I I, I don't pretend to be uh, I am also the type of person that I will walk blocks to park in an easy parking spot. Okay. And if I go to the store, I'm not going to drive around the parking lot trying to find the closest spot and squeeze in between two people that have done a horrible job of parking. I will park at the far corner of the parking lot and I'm happy to walk yeah. rather than trying to maneuver myself into something else. So I, I'm, I'm, I don't go to Uptown. Yeah. That's one of the many reasons. Uptown is a part of Minneapolis where it's kind of like the young and upcoming. Uh-huh. Area. And there's nothing but parking, no, parallel yeah, parking. There's, yeah, there's no parking, so you got a parallel park everywhere. Uh, Justin, well, when Justin and I lived there for a year, mm, yep, I got I got pretty used to parallel parking, but I I I would say some things <laughs> as I was parking. You, you know me; I usually watch what I'm saying. Yep, but I, yep. I would say some things. Yep, I would say some things. We'll leave it. We're going to leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> some things I'm not proud of. Yes, I'm not proud. Hope my son never repeats that. That'd <laughs> ah, be all right. All right. Okay. This one might take some thought. Okay. What is the craziest thing you have ever witnessed? Can I, can I do a two-parter on this? Oh, yeah. I think it's going to tie together nice. Um, it's the craziest can thing. I, can I add something here? Yeah. We've been friends for a long time. Yep. I'm kind of on edge over here that you're just going to like whip out this embarrassing story of me. No. Okay. That is crazy, but no, that's right. not what I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. This is a little deeper. Right. This this is going to show the sense, maybe not, maybe no, sensitive side of Jason. Yeah, let's go deep. So the, I'm, the two things I'm, I'm, I've got are two polar opposites, you know, dichotomies in life. You've got life and death. Okay. So um, the first one I would think would be the birth of my daughter, Abby, who's seven. Um, and so I, I've got two kids, Abby and Andrew, seven and four. Both kids are big. They were both big babies. Okay. Abby was nine pounds when she was born. Andrew was 10 pounds, seven ounces. That's pretty big. 10 uh, pounds? 10 pounds, seven ounces. That. Yeah, he was, a, he was a behemoth. Yeah. My wife is not a big person. She's 5'3". Um, so she looked like she had a torpedo coming out of her stomach. But... Both of our children were born by a cesarean section. Um, my wife was not, did not want that. I mean, with, with Andrew anyway, she labored for many, 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 many hours before the doctor finally said, you know what, this isn't going to happen. But I'd say the first craziest thing I ever witnessed was watching. The doctor specifically told me, do not look over this curtain when they were performing the C-section really? with Abby. I did not, I did not listen. Um, you looked over? I looked over. I have... We have pictures. I've seen them. Well, I haven't seen over the curtain, but I've seen I've seen no, some pictures. I took pictures over the curtain of them, Abby, my daughter, half out of 
a gaping hole in my wife's stomach. Oof. You can see intestines. You can see okay. fat. I did not see that picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, we were actually looking for it today because we were. I was talking about it with Abby, but I couldn't find it. So it's around somewhere. You were going to show her? Yeah. Oh, she's seen it. When oh. she was about three years old, she found it and she was just fascinated by the picture. She wow. carried it around with her everywhere for about a week. Wow. She'd show it to anybody. So you've got like a printed copy of this. Printed somewhere. copy. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're gonna you're gonna have it printed on some canvas or something. Yeah, maybe put it over the yeah, right over the TV or something. Yeah, like, like over that. your it's dining room table or something. Yeah, yeah, it's a good dinner time discussion. But I'd say that was that was one of the craziest things I've seen. Um, and I don't know if it's because I had been up for a long time or I was tired. And obviously, your first kid, it's a little. I mean, you know, it's oh, I do know. Yeah, it's a crazy experience. Yeah, it's um, surreal. The other thing I would think, and like I said, kind of on the opposite end would be would, on death would be three, about three and a half years ago, my grandfather passed away and I was very close to my grandpa. Um, and he was really sick and we knew he was dying. I mean, it got to the point where my aunts and uncles were controlling the morphine drip. I mean, it was wow. ultimately, we kind of, the doctors had kind of gotten to the point where, I mean, he was going to die. We knew that. Yeah. So, um, Could they tell that he wanted it? He was kind of beyond... I mean, you could. I mean, in conversations like weeks up to it, you could tell he was ready to be done. Okay. He didn't. He didn't want to live the life he was. He was currently right. living. Um, and he was so drugged out of his mind. You know, the last few days. Um, <clears throat> I can't say I've ever been on morphine, so I have no idea what it's like. But I assume right. it's crazy. But um, so I remember seeing him two days maybe a day even before he passed away. And then, you know, I went home, whatever, and I woke up, I was getting ready for work and I could hear my phone ringing. It was downstairs and I ran down and answered the phone. It was my mom, you know, grandpa passed away at about, about an hour and a half ago. It was like six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So I ran to the hospital. Um, and you know, you see dead people in, not to sound, you know, crass or whatever, but you, you see him in like a, a, a coffin. They've been dead for a while. They're yeah. embalmed. They're all dressed up, whatever. They just look, they truly do look like they're sleeping. If you actually see somebody that has recently deceased, that's deceased, that you saw living and breathing 24 hours ago, yeah, it's a very different experience. You hmm. touch them, they're cold. You can truly tell whether you believe in a higher power or not. Yeah. You know, our our flesh and bones is truly just a vessel for something. And you that hits you really hard when you see that person just laying there. Yeah, it's just gone. And it's not, it's not even like, they don't necessarily look different. I mean, they do look different, actually. They look like, the, truly like the life has left their body. Hmm. And I just remember like putting my hand on his chest and I could always feel his ribs because he, he was always a skinny guy. Yeah. But you just put your, and it just felt so cold and just and it was like beyond not like temperature cold but just i guess it's really hard to describe but you just you could tell like this person is dead like there's no life left Hmm. it's truly just now flesh and bones without anything else and so i think that would be the craziest so i i so my my cousin died last Last October, it's almost been a year. He was only 37. He was the first dead body that I had ever seen before. I had never... I haven't had anyone close die Mm -hmm. since I was in kindergarten, probably, or first grade. Um, But I kind of had that same experience, you know, like... I didn't... I saw him in his coffin, but it... I don't know. Kind of messed me up a little bit. It it does something, like you, it, yeah. You just realize like there's like it didn't even it, it looked like him, but, but it, it didn't look like him, right? Yeah, like it wasn't him. Yeah, you know, it's weird. Yeah, my my grandpa. I mean, like I had had some great grandparents pass away that I really wasn't close to, and um, I mean, I'm lucky enough that my other three grandparents are still alive, um, presently anyway, uh, but. He was really the first person in my life that had died, you know, kind of similar, you know, where it's, I mean, very different circumstances. He was 78 and lived a fairly hardworking, smoked his entire life, was a metal welder before they realized the consequences of 
Wow. Welding yeah. metal for 30, 40, 50, I mean, however many years he did it, I just, you know, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a very, it's one of those weird experiences where it's awful to experience because it means somebody has died, but I think it gives you a perspective on things. Yeah. When you see it, when you experience it as it is. So before I saw him, I was kind of like, I had the decision whether or not I was going to see him or not. Mm -hmm. And I, and I hadn't really decided. And then I like walked up these stairs and looked in this, he was in like this funeral home that was like this old church. So the, so the sanctuary was like the viewing room. And I inadvertently saw him and was like, Oh, well now I might as well just go up. And I thought that, I would feel this sense of closure when I saw him, mm-hmm. but it, for me, it wasn't there. Yep. Like I, I felt like I had, in my mind, I had expected that it was going to be this like, Oh, it's, he's gone. It's over. Yeah. And instead it was just like, Oh, he's gone. This completely is terrible. Right. And I don't feel any better by seeing him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That was, that was my, did you did you have closure? You know, I don't think I really had closure and, and I was and I'm grateful that um he was cremated because, you know, I don't consider myself a very emotional person by any stretch of the imagination. I don't get yeah. really choked up by a lot of things. I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with crying. I just I just don't cry that yeah. often. Um and I cried a lot when my grandpa mm-hmm. passed away. Um and I remember thinking to myself and he was cremated. Um, but if I did, if I saw him in a coffin, I would have, I would have been, I mean, it would have been bad. Like I just, I don't, and I just, it's, it seems so finite. You see them in that coffin, you close the coffin, you bury them. And obviously he's dead. He's cremated now. But for me to say goodbye and be, and just say, okay. And maybe it was just a poor way of handling it, but you know, I, I made the decision at that point that when I die, I do not want to be, I, I want to be cremated. I don't want to be married oh, okay. because I can't imagine my kids or, you know, Julie or my friends or family, whomever is there. I don't want them to feel that. I feel that with once somebody's cremated, it's kind of like, okay, well, I don't, I don't know what it is about it, but it's just, it seems like it's easier. It was easier for me anyway to, say you know goodbye like officially there. you're gone i can't there's like, no there's nothing gone. else for me to look at there's nothing else for me to touch it's it's, just, it's a vase it's, it's not even possible for you to look at right like, they're truly gone yep there was pictures or you know when when they did the wake they had a picture right. those type of things but yeah not an actual body which i think for me was good I'm, because i was already i'm undecided about it still i don't know definitely wouldn't want a fancy cost coffin I don't see the point. No. I don't need to be comfy. I'm dead. Yep. You know? No, we put clothes on me. I'd be fine. Nobody's going <laughs> to I don't care. I'm dead. You can be naked. Yeah. Some people might care. I got a good body, I guess. <laughs> I don't know about when I die. <laughs> Actually, I don't think now anyway. Who knows? Anyway. Who Either. knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> you can be ripped. Maybe. Body by Jason. Body by Jason. <laughs> All right. Do you have any rituals or habits? Oh, I've got a lot of them. I'm a very, 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 um, I'm driven by habits. Drives my wife crazy. How about, how about just throwing one out there? Um, okay. Here, here's a, here's just a a snapshot into my, my world of habits. So, um, when I wake up in the morning, I get up at the I get up at the same time every day. I don't snooze. My alarm goes off. I get up. I do things in the exact same order every single day. I get out of bed. Okay. I put on my Zubas. <laughs> that's not a joke. No, I, I know Zubas. Excuse me. I know it's not a. I know it's not a joke. I, I believe know this is truth. They are original late '80s Zubas. I'm not, really? I can't confirm that. Julie got them at the Goodwill for me. I go to the bathroom. Uh, I brush my teeth, put in my contacts, put on my deodorant. It's the ex- it, it never that never varies. I go into my room. I get dressed. Go out into the kitchen. Feed the animals. We've got two cats and a dog. Yep. No fish. 
no fish anymore. Probably because we didn't feed it enough. I don't know. <laughs> um, I forgot. So much death. So feed the animals. I take my inhaler, which is a, a new part of my ritual. The inhaler that I have to take now for my asthma, I have to rinse my mouth and gargle water because it's a steroid and apparently it's not good to be like in your mouth or on your teeth. Oh, okay. Put my lunch in my lunch bag. And by that point, I've got about two or three minutes in my mind to quote unquote kill until I have to leave to go to the bus <laughs> because I leave the house at the exact same time. It doesn't matter when I'm ready. If I'm ready 10 minutes early, I just mill around and like yeah. I do nothing. Yeah. I look out the window. I pace around the kitchen. No, I do the same thing. And then 6.55 on the, on the dot, put my shoes on, out the door. What is the happiest moment that you have had in the last month? Last month? Oh, boy. Um, I think the happiest moment in the last month would have been just a couple days ago probably so andrew's birthday was thursday he turned four on thursday and there's something about seeing your kids get bigger and and grow older and uh like i like i said earlier i, I don't i'm not really like a like a mo i don't I'm not, I shouldn't say I'm not emotional i think I'm plenty emotional but like i don't get like teary eyed or misty or anything yeah. like that but um He's getting so big, and it's, it, we're only going to have two kids. We have two kids. That's all. That's all we're having. Um, so you, you, when you have that, the kid that you know is the quote unquote baby, uh-huh. as they start getting older, you realize you know we're never going to have these certain moments that you had. You know, with Abby, we we always knew we were going to have more than one, so it was kind of well, you don't think too much about it because well, it'll happen again. Yeah. Um, but with him, you, you definitely see him growing older and getting more mature and just kind of turning into his own little person. And it's it's really fun and exciting for me um, to kind of see that. And we had his birthday party last weekend, and then his actual birthday was on Thursday. But he was just, it was just funny to me because everything he did, it was, we like things we don't normally let him do, but he would say, but dad, it's my birthday. <laughs> so like he really likes like superheroes and we don't normally let him watch like Batman or Spider-Man cartoons because yeah. sometimes they can be a little scary. Um, you know, not that I'm against them or anything, but I don't, the last thing I need is him waking up in the middle of the night because of a villain. Oh, so uh, him and I got to spend some time together on Thursday night because Julie and Abby were at soccer practice. Abby plays soccer and Julie's coaching. And it was really fun for me just to spend time with him and just kind of see him getting older and just his responses. I think I just, he just cracks me up and it just makes me happy that he, you know, just to see him getting older. Um, and then, like I said, everything was, well, because it's my birthday, you know, <laughs> mom said I can watch Batman because it's my birthday. <laughs> so I can't argue with that. So I let him like, he, we, so he, he watched, watched Batman. He watched the animated series of Batman. Yeah. What do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I think what I want to be when I grow up is not work-related or anything like that. I just want i want to just live a simple life. I mean, that's it. Like, I don't... Yeah. I just want to not be bogged down by concerns of, oh, I need the latest this or the best that. Um, I think it's really easy to get caught up in that. And I know I certainly am. Oh, me too. When I, but what I'd like to get to, really get to, is just living off what I need, being happy with what I have, and truly enjoying the people around me and uh, making time for the people around me, I think, is the big thing, too. Um, making sure that I'm not preoccupied with projects I have to do, whether it be at work or around the house, or anything like that, but just kind of being in the present, focusing on the people that are around me, and uh, I think I'm kind of probably a far way away from that, but I guess when I grow up is maybe when I've you got time. retired, maybe? Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I, it's amazing to me how difficult it is to actually live a simple life. I you agree. think You think it would be the opposite. Yeah. Like you work really hard to get out of that simple life. Right. And I, and I, and I think that I look around my life and go, 
there's so much going on. It's like, where does all my time go? Mm-hmm. Why? Like, this should be more simple. Yeah. And I think what really solidified it is this, this summer we went up to my wife Julie's uncle's cabin on the Gunflint Trail. Uh-huh. Um, and we really got to spend a lot. There's no cell service up there. You don't have an option. You can't be on your phone because you can't. Yeah. You know, uh, you're literally the closest town to where you can buy anything is a 45-minute car ride. So Man. you have what you have around you. I think that sounds kind of nice. I mean, not... No, it, it not it, full time, but a, it like was a nice amazing. Yeah. I had the best time, and it was just the simple things: going fishing with the kids, going canoeing with the kids, walking, hiking around the woods with the kids, collecting wild blueberries. I mean, it was one of those things where I don't, I don't have to do these things. I have, I had just as much fun, and I enjoyed myself just as much by not doing them. Yeah. All right. Speaking of isolation mm. this ties right into it if you were stranded on an island yep what would you do honestly i think i'd for a period of time i think i would enjoy the isolation um you know i don't get a lot of time to myself <laughs> no me either. like us being fathers of yep. young children mm-hmm. working full-time you come home well yeah i mean and that's the like, other thing too is we both of our wives stay home full-time now right yeah, Jessica's been doing it. Dave's wife's been doing it for um, as long as I mean, three plus years now with Max. But yeah, um, she's working part time from home. But but I mean, she's now. been home. Yeah, right? she's been home. Yeah, she stayed at home. And my wife just started uh, May, I guess end of May of this of this year. Um, that's the other thing is you know we work all day, we're around people all day. Sometimes it's you want some just time to yourself. Yeah. But your significant other has been home all day with a three or a four year old, which let's face it, not exactly the most enlightening conversation, oh, yeah. probably. So they're amped up, they're juice, they want to be around you. Oh yeah. And you it's not that you don't want to be around them, but right. at the same point, you kinda want some time to just do <laughs> nothing. You don't want to listen to anybody, you just kinda wanna do yeah. whatever it is you want to do. So I Honestly, I, I feel I'm, I definitely am an introvert. Um, you know, I, I recently took the old Myers-Briggs. Yeah, and you uh, came out introvert, huh? I came out introvert. Oh. Um, and I guess all that really means is you like, you need your own personal yeah, space to recharge, right? By, yeah. And that's me. Like, I don't, if I'm tired or whatever, I just want to be by myself. Yeah. Not that I'm complaining that I have a family or a son or anything like right. that. It's just like one of those things where I'm like, I'm I'm actually never alone. Mm-hmm. So I can relate to that, like needing ten minutes of just silence. Yeah, not even silence, just like ten minutes of I can. I'm allowed to do whatever I want for this yeah. ten minutes, and I don't got to worry about anybody else's opinions, right. thoughts, feelings. Right. I can just don't do have to answer any emails. You can just sit. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of not being alone. Mm-hmm. You can spend dinner with one person of your choice. Who would it be? Part of me wants to say, <laughs> part of me wants to say my wife because it's been a very long time <laughs> since we've actually had dinner, just the two of us. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. You're allowed. To, it's it's of your choice. Of my choice. It's it's funny. I mean, this is a, this is a very good question to follow up the isolation thing, because regardless of what I say about I want time to myself and all these other things, you know, my my wife and I have dated. We started dating when we were fifteen years old. We've never broken up. I guess she was fifteen. I was sixteen. I like the late. I like my ladies. I, young. I like my ladies young. What can yeah. I say? Um, you could drive. She couldn't. Well, part of it anyway. Remember, I failed my driver's test (laughs) the first time, so there was a stint there where there was a little bit of disappointment (laughs) on everybody's, on everybody's, (laughs) but um, we, you know, it's, it's, it's a very wonderful thing to like be with somebody, married to somebody or dating or partners or whatever you want to, whatever works for you, where you truly do feel comfortable. If you have a wonderful conversation, that's great. If you just sit across from each other quietly and eat, that's fine too. Yeah. So, 
This is a really good question, Dave, actually. Um, I wouldn't think I'd answer it this way, honestly, but I do think it would be, it'd probably be Julie just because nice. I just feel it Wait would be. Wait till she, re- she hears this. Oh, she's going to be, gonna be, she's going to roll her eyes and go, oh, Jay, oh, just Jay. saying that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like I, I don't, I don't small talk. I don't do small talk. Well, uh, Julie says I do. She says I would have been a fantastic salesman because I can talk to anybody. I don't feel I can. <laughs> I think you're pretty good at it. I mean, I'm all right, but I'm, it's really uncomfortable for me. Um, you know, I, I like, I don't have a, I, I mean, I have a pretty, I have a good group of friends, but I don't have like a massive group of friends. And I think a lot of that is because I like to just, I prefer to spend quality time with, with a smaller set of people. But, um, yeah, I think she'd be the one that I would do dinner with. It's all right. It's your choice. It, uh, like I said, it's been a while Anybody. since we've actually, she yeah. was just, oh. she texted me the other day when I, when we were, when I was working, are you going to take me out for a date anytime soon here? Oh man. So Gotta get down I'm there. obligated now. Yeah, no I'm kidding. You're on the hook. I'm on the hook. All right. Bigfoot aliens or the Loch Ness monster. <sighs> Which one do you think is most likely to exist? Oh, uh, it, can, it, it can be a two-parter. Which one do you think is most likely to okay. exist? Yep. And which one would you want to exist? I really want Bigfoot to exist. There you go, buddy. Me too. Because I don't know. There's something <laughs> mystical about it. <laughs> I think this is the only reason why I ask these people this question because I want people to <laughs> to join me saying that they want Bigfoot to exist. I don't know. That's it. Like, I don't there's something care. you can say whatever you want. Now I'm done. There's something there's something magical about the concept of a creature living on Earth that is so elusive. I mean, yeah, I don't know if it is real or not. I, I don't know, and maybe in our lifetime someone will come up with. Let's hope. Rather than, and we were talking about this just the other day, than the freezer fiasco that CNN oh, hawked. CNN possum guts or whatever it was. Credibility with me. Uh, but I, I believe if, if anything truly does exist, I would say aliens. And I think that just because if you, you know, I, I, I believe in God and I believe that there's a higher power and everything else, but um, I think it was, uh, well, I don't know if it was Neil Tyson Degrassi or however you pronounce his uh-huh. last name, or even Bill Nye. The Cosmos guy. The Cosmos guy, yeah. Or Bill Nye, they said. The science guy. The science, Bill Nye, the science guy. Uh <laughs> I think they said, what is a, 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 a more disturbing thought, thinking that in this vast universe that we live in, there were the only intelligent life or that there is other intelligent life? And I think about it that I think there's got to be somewhere, whether it be little critters or whatever, I think there's got to yeah. be life somewhere else. I mean, we know there's documented proof of all these other, uni- well, not universes, but galaxies and everything else. I would hope there's something else out there somewhere. Yeah. Because otherwise, it just fe- our lives feel just so, I mean, maybe it puts more importance on it our lives. It comes back to that isolation. Yeah, that's true. You know, we live in this infinite space. But we're the only living beings on this infinite space. I have a hard time believing that. It's hard. It's hard to think that that's the case. Ooh, we've uh, we're we're winding down. Okay, we got we got about four left. Okay, what was the worst job you've ever had? Ah, uh, yes, that's kind of freaky. The worst job I ever had by far was um, my very short stint in telemarketing <laughs> sales. <laughs> what were you selling? magazine subscriptions and not just one subscription you would buy blocks of subscriptions blocks what does that even mean so you'd buy like a subscription like you'd buy subscriptions to like five plus magazines at one time oh man i did this job for one and a half shifts which equated to just under six hours one shift was four hours and halfway through my second shift I hung up the phone, stood up, and walked out the door. <laughs> Nobody blinked an eye. Uh, I came back probably you didn't a week. say anything? Nope, just left. I just left. I just was uh, done. I came back a week later to get my paycheck. 
the person that had hired me no more than a week ago didn't even recognize me. Um, it was like a revolving door of people. And it was just, you know, I'm you think sure of, it was. You think of telemarketers as, and, and again, this would have been, uh, I think it was the year, the senior, my senior, between my senior year of high school and my freshman year of college. So I think I was 19, probably 18 or 19. So, I mean, we're talking 14 years ago. I now. briefly, rem- I mean, I remember you having this job briefly. It was so bad because it was so brief. But you, it was just a room in like a crappy like office type building. I mean, not even really. It's actually off of 81 somewhere oh, around really? here. Uh, now that I think about it. Um, and it was just card tables with like the most random assortment of telephones you could, you've ever seen. And you would literally, you had a script, you would go up to the front, grab a stack of papers that had computer typed phone numbers. And you would just start calling people, wow. calling people, calling people, calling people. So I just had their name and their phone number. Yep. And I you wish would, they'd give you a little background like, Oh, Mrs. Robinson likes to play soccer in the evenings, you nope. know, so you could warm them up a little bit. None of Nothing. that. None of that. It was just, you were right into your little spiel and I mean, it was, I had some of the most random conversations ever with people. I had one lady <laughs> who I managed to sell a subscription to, or I was going to sell a subscription to, but her husband was a traveling pastor and he kept the checkbook in a safe in the truck right below his shotgun. Mm, so she could not buy it. I had another lady, oddly enough, since we were just talking about aliens, after I gave her the spiel, she went into a long, elaborate discussion with me about whether or not I believed in aliens. Wow. And how she was abducted by aliens. Seriously? Yep. I don't know if it was real or not, or if it was yeah, just her way I've of messed with getting back at a telemarketer. Sure. But again, six hours on the job, and it was, I was swore, people swore at me. Obviously, a lot of people hung up on me. People swore at you? Oh, yeah. They, didn't want, they were not happy that I called them at 10 o'clock in the morning. This is this goes this question goes along with the aliens and I mean you've already you've already said that you believe in God. Yep. So if you could ask God a question, what would it be? Hmm. If I could ask him one question, it would be why I mean I understand free will is important. You you need to make the decision that you believe in a God or you don't believe in a God. But if if God w- my question here would be, why do you have to make it so hard for people to believe in you? Oh. Why can't it just be blaringly obvious that there is a higher power? Look at, ta-da, <laughs> here I am. Look <laughs> what I can here. do. I'm not malevolent. I'm not bad. I'm, you know, I'm here to help you or whatever the case right. might be. But I understand faith is important. Yeah. But... I mean, if you look at holistically religion itself, why do I believe in the Christian God versus the Muslim God versus the Jewish God versus this God or that God? I mean, really, I don't have a strong point to say this is why. Right. You believe because you believe. It's because you are what was what you were brought up in. It's maybe because what made the most sense to you. But you know, in our emails today, James said it. I mean, regardless of what God you believe in. There's only one God. I right. truly be- I don't believe there's 10 gods out there and whoever whichever one you believe in that's right. what, where you, you go or whatever. God. There's one Maybe God. It, yeah. So why do, why does it have to be so difficult? Yeah. All right. What is the hardest thing you have ever had to do? I think the hardest thing I've ever had to do the thing that probably kept me up would be um, when I, like I mentioned earlier, my, my, my wife and I, we dated for many years. We went to the same college and all that kind of stuff. And her, her parents are very traditional. So I knew that when we got married, if, we, if I was going to propose to her, which I knew I wanted to do, I, I wanted to talk, you know, I wanted to, to ask permission. I wanted to do that at least. And um, I probably didn't handle it the best way originally, but I, I emailed Julie's parents, my wife's, my now wife's parents, um, to tell them that I had intentions of marrying her 
and I wanted to talk to them about it, you mm-hmm. know, make sure it was okay. And we were still in college at this point. Um, and they emailed me back, and the response I got from them, it wasn't bad. Yeah. But I was oh, hoping boy. it was going to be like this big, <laughs> like they were really excited about it yeah. and everything else. But it wasn't. It was more surprise for them. Even though we had, at that point, we had been dating for six years, probably. And again, you know, when you're 15 or 16, dating, what is it really? And maybe it wasn't all that serious at that time, but over the years, obviously, it had become very serious. So, um, so they agreed to sit down and talk with me. Uh, my my father in law is a is an accountant by trade, and um, he's very. I could see. That I mean, you know, you, I could see him being very intimidating when having that conversation. He he is a. I mean, he's not like a, like an imposing figure. No, and he's he's a nice guy too, but he's yeah, he's very. I mean, he is. He's intimidating. Like even to this day, yeah. like I you I want to be careful of what I say because I don't, you know, he's father-in-law. I guess I don't. know. Maybe that's just the the stigma of that. But they they said okay, we we would like to talk to you. So we we met. I mean, just to make matters worse, we didn't even meet at like their house. They wanted to meet at a neutral location, <laughs> which never sounds good. Did Dude. they actually say that? Yes, neutral location. <laughs> so we met at a Byerly's restaurant, which I don't even think even exists anymore. St. Louis Park? Uh, yeah, the one off of, yeah. uh, what is it, 136? Yeah, 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 over by that Target. Yep. I have I some memories the of that place. I don't know if it is either. So we met there, and you know, I boys i told them you know you know i want to marry your daughter or whatever and they were you know my mother-in-law janice was very oh jason we really like you we couldn't ask for a, a a better person and we're so happy that you guys are together but we do have some stipulations oh and i'm thinking oh gosh so i and it ended up not being a big deal but it was like they didn't want us to have joint checking a joint checking account until we were married yeah. Which was just stupid because I paid for everything already anyway. Because <laughs> Julie didn't have a, a job in college, I did. So I think I think we had one before we were married because I mean we didn't live together before we were married or anything, but we needed to pay for the wedding. Well, see, and so we used that as like our joint that like that was a joint checking one. Along with the traditional side, I didn't pay for it a lick of the wedding. I mean, Julie's oh. parents paid for. It everything we paid for our own honeymoon yeah i did i did pay for that that's pretty nice i mean the wedding i don't even know actually our parents yeah our parents but i mean we we had no expenses when it came to that actual that's pretty amazing they they just they covered everything but they didn't want us to have a joint checking account they didn't want us to live together which was fine because i truly don't believe in cohabitation beyond the you know don't you know the religious aspect of it i truly don't believe that living with people before you're married is a good idea I think it's too easy to just say this isn't working. I'm done with you, right? And break up when maybe you should you should try to stick it out. And then the other one, oh, they didn't want us to get married until we had graduated college. If we did that, if we broke any of those quote unquote rules, okay, they were not going to pay for the wedding. That was probably the hardest thing I ever had to do. Man, so did you? Did you have any issues? Um, Keeping up with the the rules, no, Mm-mm. no. We check. never lived together. No joint checking. We never had joint. Che- we didn't have a check- joint checking account till we were till after we were married. And again, part of that was probably because she had literally no money. It was my <laughs> money anyway. So, um, but yeah, we, we didn't live together. We were working hard in that games room. I was working really hard in that games room, the Games and Outing Center in Duluth. And then once I, I graduated, really hard. Let's pre- okay, not really hard at all, actually. <laughs> it was probably the best job I've ever had. Um, but, but yeah, no, we didn't have any issues. I mean, we graduated college and we got married four months later. So yeah, I could, I could, I could see that being a difficult, scary conversation. Yeah, it wasn't easy. No, but then you're gang, ganging up on you too, two on one. You know, and you've met my father-in-laws. Oh yeah. Yeah, when I asked when I asked for Jessica's when I asked Jessica's dad, it was intimidating. I mean, he's like not an intimidating dude. 
It's intimidating. It's somebody's daughter, though. Like, the way I think about it is someday, I hope, I hope. Yeah. Somebody has the nerve and the and the strength to ask me if, when they wanted to marry my daughter. You don't you don't mess with somebody's daughter. You don't no. mess with somebody's kids in general. But yeah. for you know your wife and my wife, they were the first children. Oh yeah, right. There's always a special place for the first one. Oh yeah, and that usually means the parents are not ready for that type of thing either. So it's a much more difficult conversation. So this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but do you feel like you had a hard time breaking into her family because she was the first? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. feeling like you're part of the family. Yeah. You know, like, no, I, I think I did. And, and I don't, I don't think that was them. I think that was maybe more me than anything else. Oh, okay. And I think we had the, the luxury, if you will, of, dating for so long and me getting That's familiar true, with gone. the people you were, you were together for quite a while but her grandmother passed away uh somewhere between our senior junior and senior year of college and i just remember thinking am i supposed to go like with the family mm. and i had met her grandmother i've known her i mean i know her at that point i know her grandmother for seven plus years but I just remember thinking, I mean, I don't know, like, it, is it my place to be here with the family? And I remember her dad, um, Julie's dad, whose mother had passed away, was almost insulted that I was thinking that way. Oh. You know, he, he said, yes, you are part of this family. You should be here for this thing. And it was, but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, and I don't know if it's because she was the first or if it's just whatever, but yeah, yeah. I definitely felt that. Like I was kind of like, eh, is it? Where's my place? Kind yeah. of, you know. I, uh, I was, I was dating this girl, um, for quite a while. One of many, I might add. Wow, wow, not that many. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I dated her for quite a while. It was before. It was before Jessica. Right before Jessica. I'd hope so. I hope I'm, you not say, I'm not going to say anything. I hope you weren't dating somebody after her. No, nobody after. Um, but uh, we had been dating for almost a year, and she had a family reunion. So I went to this family re- reunion, and at the at at the end of the family reunion, they take a picture of the whole family together. This reunion only happens once every five years, so. They were talking about whether or not they should be, I should be in the picture. So I was there like, like, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Like, you know, we were kind of on that path. Like we had talked about getting married, but I just said, it's a long story, but I hadn't been honest with myself about whether or not we should be married and not honest with her. And I learned a lot through that process, but, but her, uh, her uncle was, her, her uncle was gay and living with, and, he didn't call he didn't call his partner his partner he called him his boyfriend so they were like well boyfriends are in the picture and so then i was bo- i was the boyfriend so i was in i was in this <laughs> you picture made the cut. yeah so they've taken a few pictures since then it's just a big probably but black a, squiggly but mark I'm over that random, five year i'm in some random family picture that Ooh, that's tough i so i always i should say i always start with what is your favorite midnight snack because you know it's kind of like a fluff piece uh-huh. gets gets you talking yep this is the one that i always like to end on because i think that i think that as people go throughout their lives they collect advice from people mm. and i like hearing other people what they've gotten as advice so this is my the question is what is the best advice you've ever received because i i hope by the end of this however long this podcast lasts that mm. that i have this it, at least I have a collection of good conversations I've had with people in my life and maybe some, some advice that other people have received that I can, that I can apply and other people can apply to. Sure. So. Um, best advice. This is, and th- this is more recent um, advice, I guess. And it's from somebody that I don't, you know, I don't have like a very strong connection to or anything like that, but. I'm doing this class at work, um, which honestly I don't, when I tell people about it, 
it's not anything that like most people would be excited about. I'm not even excited about doing yeah. it, to be perfectly honest. I think I've probably told you about it. But the guide really does make you think about things. Um, you know, a lot of people say do something you love, do something you're passionate about. Um, and I don't, and I, I don't think we're all blessed with the luxury of doing that. I think you, you have to earn a living somehow in some way, shape or form. But I think it, it is just be the, be the best you can be at what you're doing. Um, I mean, do I, am I solving world hunger or anything like that? No. Um, but I'm going to put the the best of me into it because ultimately what I do well there can result in a, a potentially a better life for my family. So I no, think that's totally. probably, as of recently anyway, that's some of the best advice I've had. Even if it's not, you know, it's don't quit what you're doing because you think selling ice cream is going to be your life's passion or whatever. And maybe you can, and maybe you can make that work. You yeah. know, I'm not selling, don't do that, but make the best of what you have. And, and, and don't say, oh, this is a terrible job, but even if maybe you do have a terrible job, I don't know, but <laughs> I mean, I don't want to sugarcoat it too much, but really, if you really truly put in all of yourself and what you're currently doing, and we maybe, maybe we even touched on this a little bit, but what are you presently, you know, be present in what you're doing. And that, yeah. I think, covers everything. When you're at work, when you're at home, whatever. Be present in what you're doing. Give the best of you in what you're doing. And I think the results are going to be good. I think so, too. This is the, this is the point. Oh, You've been my question You've been for thinking. you, again. Yep. This, this is, is going to be kind this, of... This, this is a puff piece ending, I this think. Is, this is when Hildo truly spills the beans. Hildo spills the beans. So... There's a little bit of a story around this question. Um, like Dave said, we've been friends for a very long time. Uh, we've also worked together for a very long time. That's I think true. we've we've both worked there for quite a while. Um, and both Dave and I have been involved in interviews where we are That's interviewing true. people. Um, we hire people. And hiring people and firing people and whatever else. But the question I'm going to ask you is something that, Somebody I was interviewing asked me, "Was I in the interview with you?" Because no. we've interviewed. Okay, All no, right. you were not in the interview with me. Okay. Um, this is gonna be fun. And, this is good that we're ending on a puff piece. It's and, all right. And this was by far the oddest interview I ever had. <laughs> the person that I interviewed was just an odd person. Um, and this was probably four or five years ago now. But we're I'm interviewing this guy, me and and um, my current boss actually. Um, we were interviewing this individual, and at the end of the interview, you know, I've asked my series of questions to this this candidate, and at the end, you always say, "Okay, well, do you have any questions for us?" And usually, it's, you know, what's the average day like? What's the team dynamic? Whatever. And this guy decided to unload three or four of the most random <laughs> questions I have ever heard <laughs> in interviews. Um, needless uh, to say he good. did not get the job it wasn't because of the questions I mean maybe it was partly because of that but probably, probably the one question this is the question he started out with and and I'm not fabricating this in one All right. one bit if you were a chocolate in an assorted chocolate box <laughs> what kind would you be and why <laughs> seriously asked that question yeah I'll tell you what the uh, other ones were later alright okay um oof and why <laughs> alright honestly I'll, I'm just gonna go with the first one that came to my mind do it the marshmallow one okay. you know it's just marshmallow covered in chocolate yep I think uh, I'm a little too sweet sometimes. All right, you know, like I, I think I struggle with, I struggle with bringing the reality when it's painful, and I try and sugarcoat it. And there's sometimes that you cannot sugarcoat reality, mm -hmm. and you just have to say this is what's going on. Yep. And uh, marshmallows are super sweet. That they are just pure sugar. Mm -hmm. So and I think air. I think uh, yeah. Man, that makes me sound like I don't have very much depth. I have depth. I just you have depth. I just like to 
to bring the sweetness mm-hmm. a little bit too sweet sometimes <laughs> that's a good question good I'm, I'm glad i could think of a decent one <laughs> that's that's so weird to ask in an interview so the next time anybody interviews ask that question of the person yeah, I'm, I'm totally gonna do that mm-hmm. i might just ask that at somebody like at the gas station when i'm buying the candy bar hey hey you might get some good answers for you <laughs> well thanks thanks for coming this has been thanks fun. for having me this is really good yeah